Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Red Seat Podcast. This is episode 85, and today I am joined by Matt Collins of Over the Monster. Uh, Matt, welcome back to the show. Thank you. We finally got back after a couple of days of weirdness. Yeah, yeah, it's been weird. Uh, we uh, we are having some technical difficulties, so thank you guys for bearing with us. Uh, our recording service is just not working right now, so we're trying to figure that out. But we are uh, we have found other ways to record. So uh, big thanks to Adam who's recording this for us today. Um, but we have a lot of Red Sox things to get to, and we have uh, very limited time, so we're going to cruise. Um, I want to start off with talking about that Mookie home run from last night. Uh, in my opinion, probably the coolest moment of the season. Uh, best at bat I've seen pretty much all season. Um, and it was a 10-game streak that it kept alive, so pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that was um, that was unbelievable. I was trying to think of anything else that might have topped that. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, that whole at-bat, it was only the fourth inning, but it was really tense. Um, I was making some weird noises uh, just as everything was going on, and then smoke dropped that pop-up. Once that happened, he kind of knew something special was going to happen. I kind of thought he was just going to walk in a run, but uh, obviously what Mookie did was a lot better than that. And I don't know, you don't really see him show emotion like that very often. That was... That was something special, you could tell. Yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say, is just that emotion. It was just so visceral from him. It was just like, you know, the, the most we've really seen from him. And uh, we haven't seen Mookie really do 
much in the playoffs yet. So I think that this was sort of like one of the bigger moments um, that we've seen for his young career. It was it was awesome. He almost, was, he almost turned his ankle doing it, but in um, <laughs> yeah. um, Eckersley's call, the time to party that was that was unbelievable. That was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Uh, right before he said that, I think it was just yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. He crushed that, too. It wasn't even in the strike zone. I don't know how he did that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The angle of the bat, if you go back and look at like a still frame. Oh, I've watched that video like 12 times today. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, how many people in baseball could put that swing on that pitch? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, they, they, were, saying, I mean, they were saying it during the broadcast, but he couldn't square up anything up in the zone, and then they throw him that one, and... Uh, clearly they should have stayed up in the zone yeah you can't beat talent when it's coupled with determination like that it's uh it's pretty special so the team does have their longest winning streak of the season right now at 10 games uh, still three and a half up on the damn yankees because they don't lose very much either um so that's awesome um but what's not so awesome is devers has just hit the dl uh devers is dealing with some shoulder soreness uh, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal i think uh if you remember, I think it was the Royals series when he slid into home awkwardly and he kind of got up holding his shoulder. I think that's probably when the, uh, well, they the injury said, got um, worse. They said it, yeah, well, they said it's been bothering him since they were in Seattle. Oh, wow. And that was a while ago, yeah. So um, it's probably just been some wear and tear, and finally they just gave up on it. So hopefully it doesn't keep him up too, um, too long. Yeah, it's nice to see that the MRI came back clean, at least on that, so it shouldn't yeah. be much more I mean, than this, just the All-Star break. Yeah, this is the time to do something like this, because you have the break coming up, so he might miss a couple games on both ends, but that's about it. Yeah, also the team's in God mode right now, well, so yeah, you that, really don't need anybody. That certainly helps. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eduardo Nunez is going to slide over, play third, which is a better position for him anyhow, uh, so that's going to be good, and then Holt's going to man second for the time being. Um not a bad alignment right now. Uh, Su Wei Lin is also up, um, so he can fill in at different defensive positions. But, I mean, by and large, if the top five hitters in the lineup are doing what they're doing, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Bradley's turning it on. Um, Sammy Leone is playing really well. Um, so... I don't expect them to have like a lot of games where the bottom of the lineup's all clicking at once, but... You really just need one of the two of those guys along with like the big bats up top, and the lineup is much more than fine. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's It's been really an amazing change from last season to this season, seeing that offense click the way it has. Um, speaking of that, though, the Red Sox are well represented in the All-Star game. It's going to be on the 17th. Uh, luckily, they have no one in the Home Run Derby on the 16th. Um, but luckily. they're going to be... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see that. I love the I Home Run Derby. Do you? I don't want to see anybody's swing get screwed up or get oh, tired. Oh, you buy into that? I don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, I think Bannister maybe? Or no, it was uh, Tim Hires had a, a couple interesting comments on that because he was the hitting coach of the Dodgers last year and Bellinger did it. And he said what he noticed was that Bellinger just, during the time that he should have been resting or could have been resting, you know, he was out there taking a bunch of swings, and they have to do warm-up swings. And it is, it's pretty taxing. It seems like a taxing event. So, I don't know. With the season these guys are having, I'm just – I'm happy to not not deal with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not – I'm going to watch it either way. It doesn't really matter. But I would oh, yeah. have been upset if uh, J.D. or Mookie was in it. I'm psyched about Harper, though. I haven't That's even seen cool. 
I know uh, Aguilar's in it, and I know Harper's in it. Muncie's in it, right? That's Muncie's so in it. He's couple like the of Cubs. Guy uh, Schwarber and Baez are in it. So that's cool. In it? Yeah. See an All Star? Um, I don't. Do you have to be an All Star? Am I making that up? No, you don't have to be an All Star. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't believe so anyway. Okay. No, they probably didn't. Sure. I thought. I thought for some reason I thought you had to be. But. So the, the Sox are sending five guys, like I mentioned. Mookie Betts and JD are going to be starters. Chris Sale has a pretty good shot, I would think, to start that game as well. Um, Mitch Moreland makes it for the first time in his career at 32, a little bit of one of the weirder selections we've seen in a while. Um, and then Craig Kimbrell makes it as well. So overall, uh, really positive uh, for the for the team and good representation. Uh, I'm a little surprised Benny didn't make it on the final vote, but Segura definitely deserves it as well. See, I had Segura third. I mean, they're all obviously really good. They wouldn't be in the vote if they weren't. But I actually thought Simmons was probably objectively the most deserving. And then I would have had Benny second. Um, yeah, Simmons tied uh, Benny in Fangraph's war uh, at this point in the season, and his defense has been incredible. Well, I mean, Simmons, I think, I've said this before, I think he's the most underrated player in baseball. Um, and he's, he's hit, what, two, three years in a row? Yeah, I mean, when he's hitting like that, he's he's an MVP. Like he's a legitimate MVP candidate. So um, I was a little surprised, but I mean, it's all about just like getting the fan base out to vote. And Mariners fans, I, I follow a weird amount of Mariners fans on Twitter, and uh, they're really into it this year. So they're all hyped up. So I wasn't super surprised that he won, but uh, it, Benintendi should have been in over George Springer, anyways. So it shouldn't have come to that. Yeah, Benny has uh, better numbers than every single person who was on that final vote, and uh, he's you know he, I think he's actually over 900 OPS right now uh, for the year. I mean the way he's that right he's around been playing, there if he's, he's not. He had a pretty yeah, rough night last night, but yeah, he looks awesome. So he's actually just hit the bereavement list. Uh, he'll be out for a little bit of time, uh, and Sam Travis is up filling in. So, um, but I I would just expect that they're probably going to play JD in the field tonight. Uh, yeah, the lineup just came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Pierce is hurt. Oh. So he what got. What happened to Pierce? He got hit in the ankle or shin last night. Oh, jeez. So yeah, he got taken out of the game. Swihart ended up playing first for most of that game. Um, Man, this team's depleted right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's anything serious. They're probably just giving him a day off. But Sam Travis is DHing tonight. Okay. Which is uh, something. Is, is it a lefty? It is. Okay. Uh, Ryan. Baruki, I'm assuming that's how you say his okay. name. Baruki, Baruki. So there's at least some hope. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. <laughs> yeah, we we won't get anybody's hopes up there. Did you think there was any Red Sox stop, snubs though? Well, Ben Intendi. Just Benny. Did you, what about Bogarts? Because some See, people thought Bogarts. Yeah. I, I don't really think he had a good case. No, I mean I mentioned him because he's having like an All Star caliber season. It's just shortstop is loaded. Yeah. In the American League, so. I don't really think that's a snub so much as he's playing well enough to be like at an all-star level. It's just tough, tough draw. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, no one can complain about what Bogarts is doing this season. His defense is arguably the best it's ever been, and he's performing about the best he's ever performed with the bat too. So Actually, he's on pace for his best season. Um, I'm glad he said something. I was going to mention this. I don't actually think he's a snub. But Matt Bynes is closer to being an all-star than people think. Yeah. He has been unreal this year. And uh, 
I mean, there's a lot of good relievers. Obviously, I don't think he should have made the team, but he's on the cusp. I mean, by DRA, he's an all-star. I mean, I don't know how much you buy into that, but he's got a um, 51 DRA minus. That's bananas. Yeah, he's filthy. I mean, when he's got everything working, that fastball, he's locating it up and down in the zone. He's great at changing eye level on that pitch, and then the hammer curve. Did you see his outing last night? Um, I didn't. I, that was I missed about it. As he, so he was getting hit really hard in the beginning with his fastball, and he did give up a run, but um, after he kind of realized that, he, the last two batters, he threw all curveballs and struck them both out, like making them look silly. So, I mean, if he can do that as a one-pitch guy, that's clearly an evolution for him. Yeah. I mean, just having the confidence to be able to command your curveball like that is oh, his curveball pretty is impressive. Sick. Yeah. To be able to look at that for, locate that for a strike whenever you want, though, is just ridiculously oh, dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I want to take stock of the Red Sox record right now, and uh, it's it's funny we do this today because Alex Spear also just wrote about this, and people have been making a lot of it because the Red Sox just keep winning. Um, but they're on pace for the to surpass 100 wins for the first time since 1946. Oh, a lot more uh, than surpass 100 wins. 113 yeah. is their pace right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And in fact, uh, where that would put them in terms of Red Sox teams all time, the 46 Sox won 104 games, 1915, 101, and the 1912 team, 105 wins. So they're on pace to shatter the Red Sox single season win record and in fact that 105 and 47 season they're actually now on pace to break the winning percentage record as well because they played fewer games back then uh and if they did continue on this pace be the fourth best record of all time um so that would uh that would be pretty pretty good yeah i I wouldn't complain about it some somebody would find a way to complain about it but um yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think they're going to keep up to this pace, but it's been unbelievable. Yeah, it really has. Um, you know, I, I, I would expect that even if they do tail off a little bit in the second half, I'm not sure that they will because the schedule seems pretty favorable to them in the second half as well. But um, even if they do, 100 wins is seeming like it's probably going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, let me do some quick math right here. I'm trying to... Um, figure out what their record would be if they went 500 the rest of the way, which is impossible because they have not number of games. But right, uh, yeah, if they go if they go one game over 500 the rest of the way, they will have 100 wins. That's crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely gonna break that. It's it's gonna they be should. Good. I don't know about definitely. I I lived through 2011. So yeah. I will never say definitely. But I'll knock on wood right now just in case. Um, Manny Machado trade rumors have popped up again. Uh, these are pretty nonsensical. I think you feel the same way, Matt. Um, I just want to know from you, why is this even popping up? It seems ridiculous. And where do you think Manny ends up? Um, so why is popping up? I don't... I, my guess and not no, like, scenario really makes sense to me but I guess like the Orioles might have leaked something like this to like make the Yankees scared but Brian Cashman's not an idiot he knows that the Red Sox can't get Machado so I don't really understand where it came from or what, who leaked it but it doesn't really make sense either way the Red Sox aren't going to get Machado um, I I do think the Yankees are going to get him it just it seems like every day that 
those rumors just get stronger and stronger. So I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that they will end up with him. Yeah, I kind of think the Yankees are going to get him too. Um, I do think, though, if he goes to either the Yankees or the Dodgers, that there's an outside chance that he signs with either of those two teams. Yeah, um, I would agree. Although I don't know. I don't think he's going to sign with anybody before free agency. Yeah. I think at this point he's going to test the market. Um, the only thing that throws off the Yankees' rumors is that he's still like adamant about playing shortstop. And That's not going to happen. Anymore, yeah, though. he's not playing shortstop over Didi uh, Gregorius. So. And he'd be a major upgrade in the field over uh, Andujar as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know how serious he really is about that, but I mean, if he really only wants to play shortstop, then the Yankees don't really make sense. But um, I guess the Dodgers do, though, right? I don't know who's playing shortstop for them. They have, like, everybody on the Dodgers can play, like, every position, so. Well, yeah, that's just the thing, is that the Dodgers actually have sort of a logjam, because Seager's out right now, so he's he's not factoring in. So Manny can come in and play shortstop for the Dodgers, which makes that make a lot of sense right now. The issue is that uh, Turner is their third baseman, and I believe he's got a year or two left on his deal. Maybe what they could do is move him over to first base and have Manny play third uh, if they were to sign the player and uh, have Bellinger, Bellinger in the outfield. In the outfield. Yeah. So that would probably make sense. Well, I the think most that's sense. what they would do this year, anyways. I remember seeing that they would put Taylor at second and Muncie at first and Bellinger in center field or something like that. I don't That's know, the Dodgers are, like, bizarre. I don't know how that guy plays center field. Yeah, I mean, it's he's really athletic, weird. But, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to some injury news here. Um, Danny Diaz, Red Sox uh, prospect who's, uh, what is Diaz now, 17 years old or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 17. Yeah. Uh, he broke his handmate bone, so he's going to be out until fall instructs at least. Uh, he was one of the only people hitting for power in the Red Sox system. Pretty impressive young guy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a bummer, but at the same time, he had kind of proven himself in the DSL, and so I don't think that he was going to move too far up the ladder. I mean, he might have been able to come stateside at the end of the year and make mm-hmm. that debut, but um, I don't really think this holds him back too much in terms of development. It just makes the DSL a little more boring to follow on a daily basis. Yeah, if it wasn't already boring enough, yeah. the DSL is now more boring. Uh, other injuries, Brian Johnson is out with a hip injury right now. He's on the 10-day DL. And Christian Vasquez uh, hit the DL with a broken finger, which he had surgery on since the last time we were on the podcast. Uh, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And uh, Blake Swihart uh, has already gotten one start at catcher. Uh, and I actually thought he looked pretty good. And he hit a little bit that game as well. Yeah, he was fine. Um, I didn't really notice him, which is a good thing. Um I guess if you don't really get noticed as a catcher, you're like a referee in basketball or something. If people don't notice you, that means you're doing a good job. So I'm still not totally convinced that him and Leon is like a combo I want essentially for the rest of the year, but um, it's not unfathomable that it can work. Yeah, yeah, and it makes this whole uh, hanging on to that roster spot thing tenable. I'm still in the camp of people that don't think they were really doing this for this scenario. I think they were hanging on to him because they were looking to trade him and nothing oh, yeah, more. <laughs> but, you know, they lucked into this and, uh, yeah, it's fine. You know, maybe he'll get some time and 
up his value a little bit. I did think it was kind of funny. I don't know if you noticed this, but when Barnes was pitching to him, uh, there was a foul tip that ended up in the glove, and he had to throw down to first. And Barnes pointed to first like uh, Swihart didn't know that he had to throw down to first. And I was wondering whether or not like he actually just forgot because he gets so few reps there. I, I didn't I didn't notice that, so I don't know. Um, I can't really say, but yeah, like I said, I. I don't know if they need to make a trade for somebody, but I really don't know how I feel about the catching group because Vasquez is basically out until September at least. Right. So this is basically the rest of the year. Once he comes back, I mean, you can carry three catches anyways with the expanded rosters. I'm good with Leon and Swihart. I mean, I think Leon's going to draw most of the starts. He hasn't played. Well, that's what know, I'm kind of worried so. about. He's never done that. Right. And so that's a big workload for a catcher. Yeah, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll start giving Swihart more work to preserve him. I don't know. It's they got to do something. I think you're right. That is a valid concern. And catching is just so taxing. Yeah. And I was watching. I mean, Leon's not a small guy either. No. Oh no, he's a he's a stocky dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I agree with you. I like Leon in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of liked him more than a lot of other people, but um, I feel a lot better if he's the backup than the starter. Yeah. Um, Christian, I mean, uh, not quick, Christian Vasquez. Hector Velasquez uh, is looking like he's going to be the one drawing starts with Brian Johnson down and uh, Stephen well, Wright and Pomerantz still injured. Do you think that he's going to continue I, to get those? I think the plan is for Brian Johnson to come back on Sunday. Oh wow! Okay, so he's going to come back from that injury yeah. that soon. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't anything major. Because um, Velasquez, I mean, he was good during that start but he's not stretched out at all even no. uh, even less than Johnson was because he pitched three innings that day so um, yeah Johnson is I don't think they've made it official but the plan is for him to start on Sunday no that's a relief because he's actually looked pretty good in his starts yeah yeah he's been solid um, Pomerantz is making another rehab start this weekend so we'll see how that goes it's a roll of the dice with him right now I, yeah I have no faith I want to so bad because I like Pomerantz but he said nothing, and the rehab outings haven't been great. One player I have really liked watching, though, since the, since he's been up, is Ryan Brazier. Um, what have your thoughts been on him? I'm kind of intrigued with the spicy velocity that he brings. He looks like he knows how to pitch a little bit. Yeah, he's a he's a cool story. Um, he had Tommy John in 2013. I think I saw somebody on Twitter say that this is the longest gap between having Tommy John and making it back to the majors that might be wrong I don't know I shouldn't have said that but I think <laughs> I read that one time so we'll go with it but uh I believe yeah, he, you. he's fine I mean I definitely don't think he's gonna be like a high leverage arm or anything but as another guy to add to the um just revolving doors at the end of the bullpen it's fine the fastball is fast it's kind of straight um I don't know. Like I said, he's he's fun. To, I like guys who can throw 100. But uh, I still kind of want to see Ty Buttry at some point. Ty just continues to rack up the numbers. Yeah, he's looked. I mean, I can't say he's looked really good. I haven't seen him. But um, I saw him in Portland, and it seems like the command is a lot better these days than it was when I saw him. So. The stuff has always been there. 
if he's commanding the strike zone, he's he's a good he's a good arm. He's gonna be a part of this bullpen for a while. The guy's a moose too. No, he's a he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, just uh, one of those intimidating presences have, on the mound. Yeah, they have some next year. They have some interesting guys between Butchery, Lakins, and Feltman. Um, those guys are all right there. I don't think, like I've said this before, I don't think Feltman's coming up this year, but he's moving. He's already in Greenville, and he looked good in his first Greenville outing. I think uh, Lakins probably has two weeks left on this roster before he's part of a trade package. Uh, well, I'm going on Thursday, and I haven't gotten to see him out of the bullpen yet. I like Lakins. I do too. I always liked him as a starter, although they clearly made the right move here. But uh, I've I haven't seen it. Like I said, I haven't seen him out of the bullpen. I'd like to see him before he gets traded, but I don't know how much value he has either. I don't know. How I don't much know value though. Anybody has. Cost-controlled relievers that you know you can plug and play. Yeah, he has. Yeah, a, th- think about a, Hembry though. He's a, he's delivered so much value for this team, and he was oh for sure. But he had already made his major league debut at that point. Lakers has right. been doing this for like a month. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't doubt that he could he'll he could be traded or anything. I just I don't think he's Hembry. No. Yeah, Hembry had already made his major league debut before he got traded. Hembry also wasn't that good when he came to the Red Sox. Like, he's gotten better over time. Oh, he's definitely gotten better every year. I feel like he was... I, this is probably a few, couple of years before he got traded, but there was a time where they had, a, like, a future closer um, tag on him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think... But, uh, yeah, I think that was a couple of years before he got traded. That was, like, when yeah. he first got drafted. His stock was pretty low when he came to the Red Sox yeah, at that what time. what deal was that? Uh, it was that uh, fifth outfielder that the Red Sox had. Um, no, um, that was the PV deal. It was the PV deal? Yeah. Are you sure? That's what Baseball Reference says. Oh, I thought it was the uh, the one for the uh, outfielder that we sent to the Giants. I can't remember what his name was. I don't know. But yeah, this is but, PV. They got Edwin, Edwin Escobar. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, other news, Robbie Scott, lefty. In the bullpen, uh, Jalen Beeks was sent down after another uh, sort of mediocre-looking uh, outing uh, up with the team. What do you make of Beeks not being able to put it together with the team in his first couple appearances? I'm not super worried. I still like Beeks. Um, I think he's a number five starter on some team. Maybe not a contender, but I think he's going to start for somebody at some point in the next couple of years and be like a mainstay in the rotation. Um, I've always been among the higher ones on Beaks, though, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. Yeah, I like Beaks, too. I don't think this changes my outlook on him. Um, what does change my outlook, though, is the comments that we've heard this week from Dustin Pedroia. Um, Dustin has mentioned that time is running out on his season, and it seems like he is not going to play, uh, which was a big surprise to me. I know that you and Brian were kind of expecting this. Um but it now seems like the Red Sox really should think about making a trade for a second baseman. Could relegate Holt to the bench again, uh, give them some added bench depth, with they certain, which they certainly could use. Um, and there are a lot of options out there on, you know, just a few months left on their deal. Uh, what do you think they, the team should do at this point? Um, you wrote about Estrubal Cabrera today. He's probably my favorite of the more realistic targets. Um, I don't know. I keep going back to the Rockies, though. 
DJ yeah. Lehu and Ottavino is still like my dream. But I think they're I think at this point they're too close to the playoff chase that I don't think they're gonna sell. Um Yeah, I guess as Druval Cabrera would probably be the guy I'd be targeting. Um, yeah, it, he, like I said in my article today, he does definitely add length to that lineup and some pop. The thing with Holt is that just the dude never hits for power. Um, so as much as we like his slash line this year, it's a very empty slash line. And I think come the playoff time, it never hurts to have another guy lower in the lineup that can uh, do some damage. So I could see that being pretty valuable, and the price tag shouldn't be much at all. No, I kind of think if they did that, there would be a, a reliever in there, probably Familia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they do get a second baseman just in general, it would probably be paired with a reliever, just because they don't really have the kind of farm system where they can go to multiple teams and try and get a bunch of deals done. Right. Um, so they'll probably try and condense it a little bit. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be a bad combo at all. No, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Or even like Swarzak. I don't know what Swarzak's contract is, but... Um, I like him as a pitcher, at least. Yeah, Actually, definitely. I have no idea who's pitching this year. I like him in the offseason. No, he's been good. Uh, he was good with the White Sox as well. I mean, he's had some good years, so I think... No, he's be, been uh, awful this year. Good lord. Has he? He's good. Oh, he's only pitched 15 games, but yeah, he's got a 6-4-6 ERA. It's not he great. He was injured for a while, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm assuming he's only pitched 15 games, so... Okay. Well, Familia would be good anyway. Yeah. Familia, I still want an Ottavino. It's not going to happen. Ottavino's numbers this year have been crazy. I was looking at his numbers and digging in a little bit to what he's been throwing in terms of a pitch mix. He's pretty much ditched his four seam this year, and he's throwing almost all sinkers when he throws a fastball uh, and throwing that slider a lot still. I mean, everything he's doing is just different than what he's done in the past, and the results really back it up. No, he's unbelievable. Um, Him and Kimbrough back-to-back unfair those two breaking balls uh, <laughs> the Red Sox did reach out about him did they him and Wade Davis wow assuming they didn't uh, get much headway on that but yeah um, Jerry Krasnick wrote a report the other day basically saying they've talked to everybody about high-end relievers Wade has uh, so much money left on that deal though. yeah I would be surprised at that but it's intriguing. It's definitely intriguing that they're asking about somebody like that, though. Like, yeah. They're not going for a middle-of-the-road guy. They want somebody between Barnes and Kimbrough. Well, when you're on pace for 113 wins, there's no better time to go for a guy like that. Oh, for sure. And plus, I mean, I think they're... I want Kimbrough to stay after next year, but I think they're already kind of looking past that and trying to figure out if they can get somebody in right now to replace him. Uh, I get the sense that Cora doesn't love Kimbrel as much as we love Kimbrel, or I should I say not I we, because uh, I don't know. I I think that he likes flexible relievers, and I don't get the sense that Kimbrel is that flexible. Well, he wants to pitch the ninth, but I mean, he'll come in in the eighth. He's already done that. He did that last night. He gave me a heart the... attack, though. Yeah, I don't. He yanked those first few pitches. That's the thing. He does not pitch like the same dude when men are on base. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think Kimbrough's unbelievable. I did, they're not going to find anybody better than him. I'll say that. 
let me just say this though as a fan you know watching these games as much as i do um i don't feel as good with kimbrel uh with men on base as i did with koji or as i did with papelbon when he was in his prime i would disagree i feel as good with kimbrel as i have with anybody ever hmm. Wow. Yeah, I just uh, I I don't. He loses that release point too easy for me. I guess um, I've never been so confident that somebody's going to get a strikeout as I am with Kimbrough. Yeah, that's fair. That split though. Remember that split? Koji? Yeah. Hey man, look, I love the Koji experience. But uh Kimbrough's going to the Hall of Fame. High five for pitching. everybody. Kimbrough's still pitching at the Hall of Fame level. Yeah, he is. So you can't argue with it. It's just a feeling thing for me. Um, in terms of uh, listener questions, we got a bunch, so we should get to those because we, uh, we've only got about 15 minutes left in the pod. Uh, first question comes from Vinny. He asks if we are peaking too early, meaning the Red Sox. Matt, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was a joke, but no. I, yeah. uh, that, that Twitter handle looks familiar. I'm pretty sure that was a uh, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, uh, I don't think the team's speaking too early in the off chance that it was. Serious. Uh, next question comes from Dave Roper. He says, three and a half game lead, notwithstanding, can we prevail, prevail over the New York Yankees in a postseason series? Uh, can we? Yes. Will it be difficult? Yes. Yeah, obviously. They can. Yeah. What? Yeah. They can do, they can do anything. Uh, Eamon Allen Dussault uh, asks us, honestly, if we're making a stupid trade with Baltimore, I don't want Machado, I want Jones. What does a Jones trade look like? Matt, you want to take this? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, as we get close to the trade deadline, we're going to learn that I don't do fake trade packages because I hate it. <laughs> um, so I have no idea, but I, I like Adam Jones. I kind of feel like he might cost a little more than we expect just because... Um, I still get the sense the Orioles don't really want to trade him. He's the face of their franchise as much as Machado is better. Jones has been there forever, and everybody loves him. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to get traded at all. But I would love to have him on the Red Sox. Yeah, when I wrote about outfield trade targets, this was the guy who I kind of ended up with uh, at the top of the heap. Uh, I think Jones would definitely make the team better. I think his leadership's awesome, and I think it'd be cool for him to get on a winning club. I just don't know if the team really wants to pay for him uh, when they can just play Bradley. Because yeah, they're not going to for an outfielder. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just Bradley, you know, as much as we don't like his cold streaks, the defense is just so good. And I think he's going to win the gold glove this year for the first time of his career. But uh, Do you? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm sold on it, actually. I think I'm going to write about it this week. I think he might, uh, too, actually. I don't know if he's going to deserve it. But. I was looking at the uh, the AL uh, candidates for the Gold Glove, and uh, there's just not a lot of his normal competition uh, having the type of year that he is. Um, so I think that if it's going to happen, it could happen. And, and, you know, this is arguably not his best defensive season that he's ever had, but uh, just, you know, with – with a few people having down seasons or being injured, I think that it it's could just him and Pilar pretty much. Well, yeah, but then there's um, a couple up and comers. Um, there's the guy from uh, Chicago, Angle, Adam Angle, I think is his name, uh, who's having a good defensive season. And then um, 
one other guy who I was looking at. I did some research. Well, on I feel like club. to get the gold glove, you kind of need to build the reputation first. Well, that's the thing, and he's the only one with the reputation. He's well, having a much too. better year than Pilar. Um, okay, I don't know. I yeah, think Pilar I mean, is pretty unbelievable, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. No. Um, next trade, or next question, I should say, not trade. Um, would you be willing to, what would you be willing to give up for Brad Hand? Uh, this is from Mike Marr. Um, I mean, a lot. Not a ton, but um, I wouldn't give up both Groom and Chavis, I guess, even though that might be what it takes. I don't know. I've always been a little bit lower on Hand than a lot of other people. And, I mean, he's pitched in Miami and San Diego, which are two pretty good pitcher's parks. I mean, I know the stuff is good. I'm not saying he's not good or anything. I don't know. I feel like I would keep – I would. I wouldn't want to trade my top two prospects for him. I'll say that. I would uh, give them a Chinese food menu of the Red Sox prospects and just ask them to pick whatever numbers they want. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, take Groom and Chavis. Sure. I mean, what are you really giving up in that? Maybe Groom turns into a three down the road if he – Maintains his health and maybe Chavis finds a spot and I still like Chavis. Hit I believe sub in Chavis. I think he's going to hit better than that. That hit tool, though, man, it's scary. I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as you do. Yeah, maybe you're right. Definitely looks like an Orioles guy to me. Uh, Mike Marr also asks us, "When do you think Ziegler returns to the Boston bullpen?" He's actually turned it on lately. Yeah, he's been better lately. Um, I don't think that's going to happen though. I think they're aiming higher than that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, next question. Uh, Montana Jessel says, uh, any chance this audition period for Swihart leads to a trade soon? I'm going to tackle this one. Uh, I don't think so because the team really doesn't have any depth. They kind of need him at this point. Yeah, only if they're getting another catcher. Yep. Next question comes from Hendrick, and he says, how do you feel about the Sox and Mookie being able to come to terms for an extension? Any chance? Matt, what do you think? Not anytime soon. He has shown no interest in it. Yeah, and uh, we have a follow-up to that. Uh, Gordon Comstock asks, uh, what would be the upper limits of what you'd go to? He says he'd go eight years, $300 million, uh, and he'd also be happy going 10 400 uh, What would you do if you were the Sox? Is, is that too much, I guess, 8 and 300 or 10 and 400 The Trout get. Trout, Trout, Trout was cheap. He yeah. went like 180, 150 or something Jeez. like that. Yeah, he went 6, 145. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely do more than that. Um, yeah, I, I think 300 is probably going to be his market with what Machado well, and Harper get. Well, that's when he hits free agency. Right. I mean, right now, I wouldn't offer 300. No. Um, 200? But 250? I'd offer two. Listen, I'd offer 500. <laughs> as long as he stays. Yeah. Realistically, I mean, I, they probably won't go higher than 200 right now. Yeah. Yeah, as long as uh, as long as long he stays a member of the team, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to see be seeing an extension. If anything, it would just be buying out his RBs, probably. I really hope the Red Sox re-sign him. They have to. They don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, if there's... we're being honest, there's no way that they can't. Yeah, that would be catastrophic. Um, Tim Kaprinsky asks our last question. He says, do you think that either the Red Sox or the Yankees make a larger splash in order to avoid being in the wild card game, 
Obviously, neither has much to add to make the playoffs, but to avoid the randomness of a one-game playoff, does that change the dynamic for them? Uh, I'm going to say the Yankees end up making a bolder move just because they're more stocked and they have more room under the cap. I just I feel like something's coming. Yeah, I agree. Um, to answer the second question, does that change the dynamic? Absolutely. I mean, there's such a huge difference between the uh, winning the wild, or being a wild card team and winning a division that I mean, that's what they're making trades for. The playoffs too, of course, but I mean, it's more to uh, make the divisional rounds. So um, the Red Sox are in good shape, though. Three and a half games is fairly significant because these teams are pretty evenly matched and. I mean, it's definitely not impossible or anything close to it, but I don't know that I would believe... I Even if you believe the Yankees are better, they have to be four games better. And I don't right. know if anybody can say that. Yeah, N- neither of these teams lose very much. So, unless uh, unless that changes drastically, uh, three and a half games looks pretty good at this point. All right, that about does it for the podcast this week. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please go on and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can rate and review us on there as well. We always appreciate the feedback. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattRYCollins. You can follow me on Twitter at at DevJake. And you can follow the site on Twitter at at, uh, Matty... I almost gave Matt's uh, handle there. Um, uh, At uh, Over the Monster. Um, wow, I really do. I love think you were going to give Matt Corey's hand. Uh, hand. I was. I yeah. was going to give at Matty Matty two thousand, which is one of my favorite handles of all time. Um, but yeah, also give Matt a follow. Uh, he writes for the Athletic now. Um, and uh, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll be with you next week, hopefully uh, without technical difficulties. <laughs>